everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by my co-worker, my favorite co-worker, I should say, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing this afternoon, Robert? Ali, I am just doing fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on board again to take a look at week eight. I mean, if you like chaos, you got some chaos. Yeah, I mean, there were, I can't even tell you how many bad beats over the weekend you had. The Panthers' money line betters were probably just in shock of that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Green Bay had a backdoor cover late last night. Washington came back and beat the Colts at the last minute. It was just a week and a bad beat. It was my worst week yet, and we'll get into it why in a second. But actually, let's get into it now. So why don't you give us the betting trends for the weekend, Robert? How did the favorites do? How did underdogs do? Over versus under, what are we looking at? Yeah, it's um, it's another weird one, right? I mean, we're probably thinking about how the underdogs to the under uh, continue to trend. But at this point, after the Bills beat the Packers only 27-17 on Sunday night, uh, of course, they did not cover. We closed as uh, 10 and a half points of favorite for the home team. Uh, did stay under the 47 uh, favorites went nine and four straight up, but split six, six and one push against the spread. So home teams uh, did go seven and five straight up alley, but the road teams led six, five with the one push against the spread. Unders seven and six. So uh, a whole bunch of 500 if you look at it from against the spread perspective. Yeah. And I mentioned it was my worst week. I do take more underdogs than favorites. It seemed like just about everyone that I lost, probably minus. The Bills game, I had taken the underdog, and the underdog did not cover. But we're all made to have losing weeks, so this was my losing week. Actually, second losing week in a row. Otherwise, the first six weeks, I was five hundred. I was plus 500 all first six weeks. But get on the winning track again this week. So let's recap the weekend, Robert, and let's start with the Bills and the Packers game. I'll be honest, I went to bed shortly after halftime. You know, I was, I'm on the East Coast still. It was a late night. I have a nine-month-old daughter, so we went to bed. I I went. I saw that the Bills were up big. I figured there's no way the Packers are going to come back. This game is done. They ended up getting a backdoor cover in the last few minutes. I don't think that's anything too relevant to say, but let's talk about these two teams that are trending in two opposite directions, Robert. What about the Packers are you seeing? I know we keep talking about them, but are, are their playoff prospects pretty much dead on arrival right now? I mean, we did say going into the week that they needed this game and it was going to be a buzzsaw of a matchup. They could pretty much go ahead and wrap up any playoff, you know, hopes that they might have for this particular season. I mean, it's a weird one because if you look at it from the stat categories, Ali, uh, you know, it's a it's misleading stat composite. They they won many of the stat categories chasing from down 24-7 at the half. Uh, you know, Green Bay did win the, the full yardage 398 to 365. Rushing, they finally opened up that jar, 208 to 153. Uh, third downs, they got 50% of their third downs, uh, and they did win the turnover battle, 2-1. But, Ali, I mean, I guess it's a tale of two halves for Josh Allen and the Bills. Yeah. Right? Uh, Allen, you know, he pretty much torched the Packers secondary, you know, throwing touchdowns on two, you know, I think it was like the two consecutive drives uh, before uh, leading the charge for uh, Isaiah McKenzie for his rushing touchdown. Um, you know, he did throw two picks, which is a little odd, uh, allowing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers back in the game. Uh, but of course, you know, Green Bay's second half push was too little too late. 
Yeah, it was. But and it was a nice effort by Aaron Jones. Weighs it. I think this is the first time he really had yeah. a game that he came out with. And they still couldn't up put put up more than a few points on the board. And they did a good job in the second half, the Packers defense. They pretty much held Buffalo off the board after Buffalo came out roaring. But it was a bad beat. I don't regret taking the Bills because the Bills should have covered by all accounts. The Packers just looked terrible. But let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the Bills, Robert. We have the trade deadline tomorrow. The Bills, I don't think there's any question, are the number one team in the league. But is there anything they need to do, you think, at the trade line to just really up their game, to really solidify that they are the team to beat? We've seen in recent years, notably last year, the Rams, they went out and got Von Miller at the trade deadline. They signed Odell Beckham Jr. not too long, I believe, after. Do the Bills need to do anything before tomorrow? Ali, a great point. Yeah, I'm I'm from the school of thought where uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So uh, I'm looking at you, Buffalo. I'm looking at you, uh, Philly, Kansas City, even though you went ahead and traded for uh, uh, Tony from the Giants. Um, and then, of course, heck, Minnesota. Look at you, Minnesota. You're 6-1, and one, and the only loss you have is to Philly 24-7. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, don't uh, don't fix anything here. You guys are good to go. Yeah, I agree. And they, they have been a bit injured of late, particularly in the secondary. I believe White should be coming back. Yep. But they, they are going to get some reinforcements. And I agree with you. I don't think there's any point wasting draft class where you could just shore up for the future on some mid, mid-level mid guys or even guys that are just on teams that are waning. They definitely don't need help at receiver. So I can't see them trading for Chase Claypool or Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, any of that. Their defense still, again, number one in the league. I just mentioned they're getting reinforcements back. So I agree with you there. I wish it was a more competitive game last night. I might have actually stayed up for it. It would have been at the beginning of the season and one of the top builds games of the year. But I think everyone coming into the game just wanted to see if the Packers had anything left in the tank. It really didn't look like it. I know Alan Lazard was out, but I, I think this is it for the Packers. I really think that they're at the point where their season's getting to be unsavable, if that's a word. But uh, I I hope our CEO is not listening to this because it's been a tough year for the Packers. But we will move on. I don't want to spend too much time on the game to Thursday night's game, and that's the Ravens and the Bucks. We talked a little bit about it on on, uh, the broadcast, um, previewing it last week. But both of us like the Bucks, Robert. Now the Bucks lost. The Falcons are in first place. We again, we talked about this even last week on our recap episode. Can the Bucks actually lose the NFC South this year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, they, they, back on Thursday, the Ravens won yardage 453 to 349, right? The yards per play was 6.1 to 5.6. Rushing, they outrushed the Buccaneers 231 to 44. I mean, we knew. That's kind of the Ravens' forte, but good lord! Uh, and then uh, you know, you know, Baltimore did have a fourth down failure. Honestly, it, it, this is the weird one, right? Because the favorite flipped from earlier in the week. Right. We had the Ravens as the favorite. If anything, I guess the game stats suggest earlier line uh, that we made was a little too low, uh, and you know, many of the market influences struggling to you know catch down to Tampa. So now at this point, uh you know, Tampa's got six straight non-covers. Yes, Tom Brady, six straight non-covers. They missed the market by three, 15, four and a half, 
12, 31, and now seven points. Um, Allie, they're currently the most overrated NFL team, period. Yeah, and I don't want to see them in anyone's top 10 power rankings this week. Get out of here with that. Not not even top 15 at this matter. This is not a good team. This is probably, I actually, that was one of my best bets last week. I really thought they were going to come out and beat the Ravens. They did have a strong first half. Then they just completely fell apart in the second half. I know they sustained some injuries. Jack Barrett got injured. I think he's going to be out for the year. But the Ravens had injuries too. Mark Andrews left early in the first quarter and yet they still managed to come back. I don't want to hear it. This Bucks team, they're playing the Rams, who are another team that's sinking this weekend. I would still pick the Rams over the Bucks. There's nothing on the Bucks team that is giving me any reason for hope whatsoever. And the reason why I would probably pick the Rams over the Bucks is plain and simple. And that is the coaching. I actually see Sean McVay still engaged with his team. I don't see that from Todd Bowles. I see Todd Bowles standing on the sideline, just sitting there listless. Like he doesn't even know what's going on. So as much as I want to put the blame on Tom Brady and the offense, I got to start where I got to start at the top. And that's the head coach is Bowles One of the big reasons why this team is losing as well. Yeah, I, I would think so. Right. First I would say, well, you know, let's, let's, let's pin the blame on the coaching staff. And yeah, I, I, I think I want to hear, uh, you knew what was coming with the Ravens. You knew that they were going to come in, you know, all guns blazing with a running attack and you did nothing about it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, you know, it, it's eight weeks now, Allie, and, and we're just simply just seeing them just gassed. Uh, the, their defense is, you know, it's a full-on collapse. And I don't know if it's just a mix of injuries and them just being worn down, uh, but that definitely is what it looked like to me with about five minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, and you make a good point because they weren't prepared for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens oh, off. Oh. This is Todd Bowles, who's a defensive-minded coach. That's the point. I think as a head coach, you're prepared. Like, I can understand if it's just the offense that's struggling. Todd Bowles isn't known for his offense. Then you got put the blame kind of on the offensive coordinator and everything, even Brady. But this defense hasn't been performing well for weeks, they allowed Carolina to score 21 points last week. They were blown out by Kansas City. They allowed the Steelers to score points with Mitch Trubisky coming in. This is a defense with flaws, and it does come to the head coach. So before we do move on, Robert, if if the Bucks completely implode, and I mean they finish a sub 500 record, Brady in all likelihood has to retire. Is Todd Bowles only a one-year head coach, or are they going to give him a chance next season? No, I think he's got to go too. Uh, because it's one thing to pin the blame on Brady and the offense just being absolutely constipated. But if you're if, if you're going to go ahead and, and build your your bet and your your bona fides, thanks to you know your defensive mindedness, well, we're not seeing that at all this year. So you know what good are you? Yep, I, I 100% agree. I think this team just needs to get blown up. I think you're going to see veterans. I mentioned it last week, like Mike Evans go. He's going to get traded. This team's going to have to build from the bottom up because it's full of a lot of aging guys. And let's put it this way. It's it's recycled coaches. I hate to put that label on Todd Bowles, but that's what he is. He's a, he, he had a chance to coach the Jets. He had a terrible record as head coach with them. He's not a head coach material, and I agree. I think if you're going to start from the ground up, you got to bring in some young blood, some new talent. You see all these new first-year 
first year head coaches like Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings, like Brian Dable with the Giants who are having success. You need to get someone with no head coaching experience, but plenty of offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator experience and get them in. And I'm sorry, Todd Bowles, but this blame, probably you're the head coach. It falls on you more than anything. So let's move on to the 49ers and Rams. You and I both like the 49ers. It was one of our best bets. They completely just, just demolished the Rams in the second half. It was close a little bit in the first half, but boy, Christian McCaffrey, Robert, did did the 49ers just secure themselves a Super Bowl berth with this pickup of Christian McCaffrey? It definitely sure does look like it, right? Uh, Niners, uh, we closed them about one, actually, so we did get some late Rams money bringing down the uh, the point. Not too uh, not too good there as, you know, they beat the Rams 31-14. Uh, one yardage, 363. They held the Rams to 223 yards of offense, right? The yards per play was dramatic, 7.1 to 4. Uh, rushing yards, 111 to 56 yards rushing. This is... This Rams team is is really really they just they they've got nothing left in their gas tank is what it looks like to me. I mean, then if you, if if that's not enough, uh, I mean, you know, here's the uh, here's the amazing thing, right? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo he completed his first pass as a 49er of 30 plus air yards outside of the numbers, right? This is yay accolades for Jimmy. You're, you're opening things up. Well, that was his 52nd game with the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey also completed his first pass as a 49 <laughs> of 30 plus air yards outside the numbers. That was his second game. Um, he's, he's, he's literally putting himself in the picture uh, as a non-quarterback to, to win the MVP this year, Ali. Yeah, that was my next question. I agree. You know, MVP is based on your value to a team. If you see the value in Christian McCaffrey coming over to the Niners and not only just making him playoff contenders, but Super Bowl favorites, I mean, the guy can do everything. We mentioned Jonathan Taylor almost getting an MVP candidate or MVP trophy last year. I don't think he was ever realistically going to win, but he was a candidate. But all he did was run. Like you said, if Christian McCaffrey can throw a touchdown and get more touchdowns in a game than Jimmy Garoppolo upcoming, like he he's the MVP for sure. If he gets them, which I think they're going to win the NFC West, I would say I would give him a great chance going up against Philadelphia. It would be the toughest defense Philadelphia has faced yet this year if they play in the playoffs. I mean, I don't think you can make another case besides who who else right now? Yes, Jalen Hurts is up there, but Jalen Hurts just has a monster of a team. Josh Allen is always going to be in the in the consideration, but even some games he tails off a bit. I agree with you, Robert. I think Christian McCaffrey does need to get considered. So let's move quickly, though, to the Rams portion. Robert, is this team a viable threat of missing the playoffs right now? Uh, viable is not the word I would use, Allie. They are absolutely circling the wagons around, you know, keying in at the end of this season and just uh, not making the playoffs. Um, you could just basically see when Cup went off the field, with his injury, you could see how threadbare they are behind them. There's no depth. Um, and now they're paying the price. Right, this is the cost of winning last year's Super Bowl. You get no draft picks, you can't rebuild, you don't have any depth behind you, and this is exactly where it's ending up right now. They're three and four, and uh, obviously, you know, with, with the game coming up ahead, they're going to have to play at Tampa. I mean, they talk about two teams going backwards facing each other, um, you know. But I, I don't think that the Rams have the 
<laughs> the ability to stay close to win this division. Let's start off with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't think that they have the the fortitude to come back and win the wild card uh, spots in the NFC. So I, I say that they are out of the playoffs, Allie. This team kind of reminds me, Robert, of the Lakers from a few seasons ago when they pretty much sold all their young talent, all their future draft picks to get Anthony Davis. They were in it to win it for that year. They were fortunate in the playoffs that that was the COVID year, so they had months to get healthier and really make a run in, in when it came time to the playoffs in the bubble. And the Rams kind of seemed like that this year. They pretty much mortgaged all their team last year to get Avon Miller, to get Odell, well, to sign Odell Beckham. They didn't give up much of them. But they got some other pieces along the way, and now they're done. They don't have reinforcements. Robert, can can they even trade for anyone now? Do they have any value coming up where they could trade for a stud receiver like a Jerry Judy or like a Chase Claypool? Do they have any assets that you would say, hey, yes, they'll give up and a team will gladly accept? No, no, definitely not. They, they don't have the picks, right? And I don't want to pick three years from now, four years from now. I want immediate results for my, you know, tier one or, you know, tier 1.5 wide receiver. So they definitely do not there. They, they've got nothing left on their shelves and, you know, they're dead. They, they got no, no gas left to, to compete in you know, the NFC. Forget about, you know, for championship aspirations. Which leaves the case of where is Odell Beckham going to sign wide open? Because if he's not going to be ready till after Thanksgiving, I can only imagine where the Rams are going to be in the division. But Robert, I mean, is there any way Odell's going to sign with them if he if he's looking at the Rams in their I don't know five and eight or four and seven? Can you see him signing with them? No, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, I'm actually like so over Odell Beckham. I'm actually looking more. You know, we, we talk about it, of course. You asked about, you know, will we see, you know, a, a good trade come up in the buyer sell? Right, yeah. I love. But I think it's going to be, you know, Elijah Moore or Chase Claypool. I think one of those two definitely get wheeled at some point. Yeah, I, I think Elijah Moore, I know the Jets had said they are not going to trade him, but I think what they saw from Zach Wilson this past weekend that they're going to need a lot more help than Elijah Moore down the road. Get rid of Elijah Moore, get a second round pick or third round pick for him. Your team is not going anywhere this year. You don't have Brees Hall anymore. Zach Wilson got exposed against the Patriots for how just, I wouldn't even say even mediocre. He's just not good. So the Jets are definitely going to have to sell off some parts. They'll have a bright future once Hall's ready, once Hall's healthy next year, once Vera Tucker is back next year, but it's not for them. So I agree with you there. All right, let's move on to the last game that I unfortunately have to highlight because I do highlight the New York Giants every week. And they are a marquee team this year, but they did have a good matchup entering yesterday with the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are a very underrated team. They were 4-3 and three entering. They're 5-3 and three now. And, Robert, I can say I was so excited to watch the game yesterday. Like I said, I'm in New Jersey. I'm surrounded by Giants fans again. This isn't L.A. This isn't like, you know, just the Ferris wheel of which who's rooting for which team. Uh, Right. And by I would say right at the end of the fourth, after the second Richie James fumble, the bar just cleared out and it was so depressing. This was one of the most painful Giants games to watch in recent memory. And as bad as we've been the past few seasons, we kind of expected it. I didn't expect the Giants to play that bad yesterday. Did you? Well, you know, you consider all the things that they've had to go through and the amount of 
great, great fortune they've had through seven straight right. weeks. I knew at some point, at some point, we're going to see that carriage turn into a pumpkin. Haha, <laughs> Halloween. <Yeah. laughs> you know, so at, at this point, it, it just wasn't meant to be. They they had such limited offensive capacity. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks recognized that and they just said, look, they had they made Daniel Jones beat him. If they weren't going to have that, it'd be basically, let's just say Saquon Barkley had to get shut down. Well, they did that, right? He scored a touchdown and they limited him, right? They didn't completely shut him down, but they certainly contained him. You contain him, you tell Daniel Jones, go ahead and beat us. And he couldn't, simply couldn't. And that's how they did it. Not to mention, by the way, Seattle definitely had a far better uh, way around it offensively against the Giants. So it just, it, you know, a little bit of here, a little bit of from column A, a little bit from column B. And next thing you know, you got 27 put up on you. And right, it's very difficult to score 30 or more against Seattle. Uh, you know, in, in, on at home when they're playing in Washington, which I can't believe I'm saying this. Seattle is supposed to be playing for the number one pick. Crazy. I mean, I yesterday when I heard DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were both going to play, my optimism sunk uh, a great deal because as 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 good as Geno Smith, we'll give him credit this year, but he gets to throw to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Daniel Jones gets to throw to Darius Slayton. Marcus William and Richie James. Like there's no comparison right there. And I don't want to just put all the blame on Daniel Jones, even though he didn't have a great game yesterday. But what baffled me, Robert, is in the first half, I just didn't see them let Daniel Jones go. He was limited to 17 passing yards. It didn't look like they were that the coaching was letting him throw down the field. I just kept seeing Saquon Barkley get stuffed, get two, three yards, and that was it. And then when Daniel Jones did start end up throwing in the second half, he was making some good completions. Was there a problem with the with the approach in the first half, do you think? No, absolutely. Not only that, but they had no time to reset, right? right. Their, their line is hobbled. Both on both sides, offense yeah. and defense. So there wasn't and 17 yards. When I had to look at it, I'm like, no, 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 this can't be right. It has to be 117. No, 17 yards. So there's there was no hope for them coming out of the second half. Shit, your bar could have cleared out at halftime, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, even then though, we're still we're down 2013. Yeah. Right. We have the chance. To, I, I actually said that. I was like, we're gonna get another fourth quarter comeback. And then we see Richie James fumble for the second time in in a row. And I, that's when I said the game was over. I said, they're going to get a touchdown. We're not going to come back from two. But still, it was like as bad as we played, we were still in a position to win the game. All Richie, Jones, Richie James has to do is catch the ball. Fair catch it. Don't try for two or three extra yards, and then we're fine. I mean, that was such a dagger to the heart. What were you thinking when you saw that, Robert? Total sadness, right? I mean, I and I... I kept seeing every time they handed the ball off, uh, Seattle did. <clears throat> Whenever Seattle uh, handed the ball off to Walker, I'm like, man, this guy's just going to bowl into – you don't remember yeah. – uh, oh, uh, Ladinian Tomlinson. Remember him? Yeah. I was like, man like, – now, look, I know. I know the recency bias. Let me not go ahead and just you know, <laughs> say that he's uh, Ladinian Tomlinson. But it just kind of reminded me of that kind of game where people are just bouncing off of him. It's just like – it's just going to wear it down, and then eventually – the play clock's going to go against us, and uh, that's how you get doubled up. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're fortunate that we're getting a bye at the right time. We got two weeks to get healthy. Yes. Yes. We come back to play the Lions and the Texans, who have a combined two wins between the two teams. So I'm not too worried. I, I still think that we're definitely going to be a wild card spot. We'll see what our we'll see if 
Joe Schoen makes any moves. I really think that as much as I'd like to upgrade on receiver, I'm also not one that wants to mortgage away any top picks for a Chase Claypool or a Jerry Judy. I think we could replenish that in the draft next year. I would like to see some help on defense. I remember a few seasons ago when we were able to get Leonard Williams for, I believe, a third-round pick for the Jets, even in a season where we weren't going anywhere. That ended up working out great for us because Leonard Williams is our is our top defensive guy. So just something to help shore up the defense. We just have so many holes, and we are going to probably make the playoffs, and I would just like a little help there. But before we move on to our next round, let's let's talk about Seattle because I will give them credit. They do look good. They are in first place right now in the NFC West. Not sure how long that is going to happen. They do have some tough games coming up. They got to play the Niners. They have to play the Rams twice, which we know the Rams are struggling, but they still can propose a divisional threat to them. Who's the credit, Robert, for Seattle's success? Is this solely on Pete Carroll? Has he just done a phenomenal job coaching? I think he's the greatest wizard in the NFL right now. No no doubt about it. He's No one, no one had Geno Smith doing this. And yeah. I now have Geno Smith top 10 for MVP discussion. Uh, you know, where would they be without him? Where would they be with Drew Locke? Nowhere near here, in my opinion. He stretches the field. He has the tools between, you know, Lockett and Metcalf to do so. Uh, and then, even though everyone said, okay, well, you just lost Rashad Penny, so that definitely guts your team. No, it's Kenneth Walker. And, and you know, looking back, that's Pete Carroll's, that's his draft pick. And I looked at him and I looked back at the footage when he was, you know, last year playing in college and he was incredible. He was like insanely, insanely like record breaking good. And so he was just waiting for his opportunity and here it is. So um, tip of the hat to Geno Smith. Uh, I believe in you. (laughs) And absolutely double tip of the hat to to Coach Carroll. Absolutely. You mentioned last week if Russell Wilson's just playing his way out of the Hall of Fame. If if Pete Carroll can get Geno Smith to be an MVP candidate, yeah, I think Russell Wilson, you are playing your way out of the Hall of Fame. You should have stuck with Pete Carroll in Seattle. Right. But let's move on. Those are the marquee games I did want to highlight. Let's move on to our next fun uh, segment. And because it's Halloween, I thought we would do a little game of the scare meter, Robert. So scare <laughs> meter. I w- I'm going to give you a team, yes. and you tell me right now today how their play their playoff prospects are looking are they looking bright they're looking optimistic fun or are they terrifying scary you give me the the whatever verb you want or whatever adjective you want to use are you ready this is great okay great on all hallows eve this is absolutely my favorite holiday of all time oh yes uh, completely got this in my wheelhouse i don't know what's coming but uh yeah let's do this this is great all right, let's start with the first team, the Green Bay Packers. Robert, how are their playoff prospects looking? Oof, okay, all right. I really, really believe, I really do believe that they're probably going to make a move, right? Yeah, I, I think it's going to happen in the next few days to finally get Aaron Rodgers a target. I just, in my gut, I say it's going to happen. So uh, I'm going to give them a... Um, uh, it you're gonna get the it rating, which is <laughs> scary. Um, you know, you but you know maybe ha 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 maybe a little nervous scare. Uh, but I I think honestly you're probably gonna make uh, a a bit of a holler, a little bit of a jump scare, but you're it's not horrifying, not quite there. So um, you get uh, it Green Bay Packers it. 
Oh, I love that. That's a perfect reference. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the next team, Robert, on the scare meter. How about how are the playoff prospects for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Okay, yeah, no, this is this is scary. It's just not like all time scary, right? You're, but you're, you're in deep trouble. You're on the run. Uh, there's there's no hope from any point. Offense, defense, special teams, even coaching staff. Um, Bucks, you get uh, Halloween, the very first edition. Oh, okay. Um, you're, you're, it's very very scary. Um, you you really feel hopeless. There's dread. Um, and so yes. Uh, very scary here. Um, without a doubt, lots to fear here for the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's a perfect comparison because I've I've lost track of how many sequels there are for Halloween, and that's pretty much equivalent to how many seasons Tom Brady's been in the league. Just <laughs> he doesn't want to die. He just doesn't want to retire. He doesn't want to go away. Like that's that's a perfect <laughs> comparison. All right, let's move on to the next team, Robert. The playoff prospects for the Los Angeles Rams. How scary are they? This is this is also scary, but right. But here's the thing, right? It starts off. Ah, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. And then it becomes Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> it's just horror everywhere. There's nothing left. People just getting pieced up. There's no hope, and there's no escape. No playoffs for you, LA Rams. You get Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, that's I love that. That's perfect. This is. A <laughs> Okay, next next team, the Arizona Cardinals. How scary are their player their playoff prospects? Ooh, okay, all right. So, well, Arizona. Let me tell you, you 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 came in with high hopes, right? So everything seemed like we we're gonna challenge for the division, uh, wild card, maybe more. Uh, but there's just this this duality, and and I'm not quite sure if we know exactly if we have the pieces here. So at three and five right now, Arizona, things look good, but um, take a look deeper on the inside. And I think I see the shining. <laughs> very, very scary. I'm not sure if I like the duality here with you, Arizona. Very scary. Uh, and I think that things can fall apart far faster than they uh, can look far better for you, Arizona, despite you uh, hosting the Seattle Seahawks this weekend as a small favorite. I don't believe that that's going to last. Oh, man, that's a good one. All right, next team on the scare meter for their playoff prospects, the Indianapolis Colts, Robert. Okay, well, this this just ended up looking like, you know, bright, sunny day. We are coming off a great season. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, pieces. Look at this. We got Matt Ryan. We are here to challenge for the super bowl we've got a super bowl caliber team no you don't you're actually very horrifying you might be the most horrifying anywhere you are the ring <laughs> you are in fact well, the man. ring you are that that scary you are not making the playoffs you are very frightful you are the ring that's perfect. You get a ticket. You think you're going to watch a beautiful movie and then you see this disaster in front of you. That is the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> All right. Last team on the scare meter. And I wanted to save probably the most gruesome for last. But the the Las Vegas Raiders. Ah, no, not that. <laughs> oh, my God. Allie, the Raiders. Allie, I'm not sure. I, I had to look this up to make sure. <laughs> The, the Raiders were just shut out by a team that gives up the second most points per game in the NFL. 
right? They, I, I had to watch it because, of course, Nevada. They, yeah. they crossed midfield once, oh. late in the fourth quarter when it didn't matter. It's This is an abject disaster in Vegas. Their season ended today. Raiders, you are you you take the crown and the throne and the scepter. You are the exorcist. <laughs> I'm sure Josh McDaniel's head was spinning around <laughs> like that after, after Devontae Adams on that fourth and one got just totally demolished. Perfect. <laughs> that was a great segment. Okay, well, well, let's move on to our final segment because we are running out of time, and that's everyone's favorite buy or sell. So let's go quickly through these. I mentioned this one earlier, but I wanted to expound on it more, so I added it to the buy or sell. So okay. buy or sell, Robert. The Rams will miss the playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we discussed this. Yeah, they're they're completely threadbare. And again, it's the cost of winning last year's Super Bowl. You did this to yourself. You are going to miss the playoffs. I am buying. All right. I will buy that as well. I think that there will be two teams coming out of the NFC West that make the playoffs and the Rams will not be one of them. Let's move on to the next buy or sell. Robert, buy or sell. Taylor Heineke will lead Washington to the playoffs. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. So look, this is insane. They're in their they're back to 500, right? So yep. let's give the commanders that. They haven't seen really a lick of Chase Young. And they're now in a tie with San Francisco for the final playoff spot in the NFC. I think the closest thing that we can compare Heineke to, what he's done kind of in his career, is like what Tebow did for the Broncos back right. in 2011. I think that's the kind of level that he's on right now. Oh, you know what? Let me do it. I'll buy um, while the shares are still very, very cheap. I'm buying it. Taylor Heineke leads the Washington Commanders to the playoffs. So I'm going to sell this one because I still think the Giants and the Cowboys are going to be two of the wild card spots. And I hate to say it, but I, I do think somehow Seattle is going to sneak in. I think the Niners will win the NFC West, but I think Seattle, just based on their, their, their schedule coming up, I think Washington has a little bit of a tougher schedule. I think that the Seahawks will edge out Washington and make the playoffs. So I'm going to sell on that one. That's nice. All right, next buy or sell. Buy or sell, Robert. Tom Brady will retire before the end of the season. Oh, man, you want to talk about it. No, no, I get this is insane. No, 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 sell, 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 sell. Get me out of here. I don't want to be in this store. <laughs> look, I know things just look really, really bad at three and five right now, and they've just found ways to snap losses out of victories. But I think he plays out the season no matter what. Um, and then just uh, tail between the legs at the end of the year and retires afterwards. So I will sell, retire before the end of the season. Yeah, I think Tom Brady, as bad as the Bucks are going to be, even if they're four or five games under 500 toward the end of the season, I still think he's going to edge it out. He's not a quitter. He's not going to give up midseason. I don't even think some mysterious injury is going to befall him. He's going to go, even if this is his last season and he goes out technically in the bottom of his division, He's going to still go out on top. He's going to stick it to the end. So I agree with you. I'm selling that one. All right. The next one, buy or sell, Robert. Tua will win MVP. I mean, Hill and Waddle are pretty much unstoppable. Mm -hmm. Right. Gasecki, he's, you know, and once they get in the red zone, then they open things up. And Gasecki's basically Frankenstein's monster. He's just like, it's, it's too many targets. I think he's doing 
what we expected him to do, but, you know, super, super credit to, you know, the coaching staff and, and the administration to bring in, it didn't matter that they had the, the quote, the, you know, the speed guy in Waddle. They brought in Hill because they said, wait, Hill's available. Yeah, we're getting him. And now it's paying massive, massive dividends, you know, came back, you know, they, they won at Detroit, you know, after, you know, they needed to basically close out, you know, the game 24 to six, which they did. I still think. No, 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 no. I'm I'm going to put too many people still ahead of them. Allen hurts for sure. Mahomes for sure. Um, I'll put Joe Burrow ahead of him. Okay. I'll even put. You know what? I say he has an equal shot to get it as Christian McCaffrey. So I'll, uh, I'll put him. I'll put him just right, right, right around the ten spot. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm gonna sell for now, but I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the stock closely. I'll put it this way because again, we talked about Christian McCaffrey and you measure value. If you measure value with Tua, the Dolphins looked awful, and I I mean awful with a capital A in the two games that Tua was out and they lost. You could even count the second half of the Bengals Thursday night game. Now in two games back, they beat the Steelers. He looked a little rusty last week, but then they beat the Lions. And they shut the Lions out, which is more on the defense in the second half. Correct. But he came back to a, and threw for almost 400 yards. He had three touchdowns. He had a phenomenal game, and he makes a difference to that offense. So if you want to compare terms of value based on what you've seen by the eye this year, it's you see what the Dolphins are without him, and you see now what they are with him. Absolutely. So I think if he has a few more games or he's throwing 400 yards, he's going to over, he's going to jump over Josh Allen. He's going to jump over Pat Mahomes. I know he's doing it with more than some other people, but the guy, I mean, we were talking a few weeks ago, how he might not even play again for the rest of the season. And he's back. And if he leads Miami to the playoffs, which I'm sure that Miami will make it. You definitely got to throw that, throw that factor in there. All right. Last buy or sell. Robert, buy or sell. The Eagles will finish the season 17 and 0. I mean, look, it's I I've got a feeling that we could pretty pretty safely say they've got the best offensive line in the league. Their right. D is probably best in the league right now. I I see two shots at a loss. Packers at home. Right. And then Dallas on the road. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I was looking at that Christmas Eve game against the uh, against the Cowboys in I, Dallas. That to me is their loss. I, I think that even against my Giants, when we're when they're in New York, I still think that's an Eagles win. I do think the Eagles beat the Packers. The Colts are a no show. Titans still a no show for me. I think if they're going to get a loss, it is against the Cowboys that Christmas Eve. Because even the last game of the season when they played the Giants, even if they locked up the number one seed, if they're 16-0 and by then, they are going to go and try to be the first 17-0 and team. So I think that the only chance is the Cowboys, and I hate to say go Cowboys for that one, but <laughs> I, will, I will probably be rooting for the Cowboys. How torn you are. <laughs> It's terrible. Both teams are good this year. My team's good, and both the two teams I hate the most are good. I can't help it. But we are out of time. This was a very fun episode. I want to wish everyone a happy Halloween. I know I'm going to be taking my daughter out, trick-or-treating a little bit. I got her as a pumpkin for her first Halloween. 
But before we do sign off, Robert, any advice or Halloween advice for the listeners out there? Yes, yes. Always remember, every day is Halloween. <laughs> I love this holiday. Have fun. Don't do jackassery. Just enjoy the day. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's our day to pretend and have fun and, uh, you know, let, let the kids do their thing. Open up your door. Give them all the good candy. Don't give them, like, the sad candy. Like, who needs, like... Oh, like Mike and Ike's? Or... Who needs Mike and Ike's? Who needs, like, that that's, yeah. that candy that you put on, like, wax paper yeah. in, like, pots? Like, that's sadness. Come on. You know what's on. worse is when you got, like, pencils and erasers. Was, no, like, no. Yeah, get out of here. the candy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And don't give me, like, the minis either. Like, go, like, either, like, half size yeah. or, or splurge a little. Give them, like, the fun a Fun size or fine, but, yeah, not the minis. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Come on. Totally, totally agree with you right there. And, Halloween, everybody. and after trick-or-treating's and done, stay in the Halloween spirit. There's a good NFL game tonight with Halloween colors, with the Bengals and the Browns. Don't think that the NFL wasn't being crafty when they planned that. Oh, yes. So who do you have tonight, Robert, before we start? Uh, yeah, right. So uh, we're going to have uh, no Jamar Chase game knocked down uh, three and a half down to three minus 120. The Bengals on the road in Cleveland. Total stuck at 45. Um, don't think it really matters. I think the Bengals have the goods here, so I think they win and cover. I'm going to go with the Bengals win, but I think that the Browns will cover or at least push with that three-point spread. They are playing in Cleveland, and I tend to side with the home team in a division game. So we will see. Robert and I will be back this Wednesday to, to go over all the picks for this following week. I wish we had a better Thursday night game besides the Eagles and the Texans. I just feel bad for Houston right now. But we will talk about that game later in the week. So happy Halloween, everyone, and take care.